Hi, I'm Ryan Jude. And I'm Helen Avery, and you're listening to Green is the New Finance from the Green Finance Institute. Today, we're talking to Bevis Watts, CEO of Triodos Bank UK, about sustainable banking, how we can ensure our deposits, savings and investments can be used for positive impacts, and how Triodos is showing that it's not just good for the planet, but also good for business. I've been an advocate for many years that one of the things, the biggest things we need to change is retail banking because it's it's the retail banking sector that, that owns and designs the products that will affect behavioural change in consumers. So if we want widespread diffuse impact towards a whole plethora of environmental and social issues, then it's the banks that have the power to affect that consumer behaviour. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Green is the New Finance. I hope everyone enjoyed the long Easter weekend. Helen, welcome. Joining us from the much more glamorous South End on Sea, I believe, not New York for the first time. <laughs> it is indeed the place to be, although technically I am in Leon Sea at the moment. I'm currently looking out at the Thames Estuary as we speak from my place in quarantine. It's lovely to oh, be back. Very nice. I'm looking out at the blocks of flats opposite me in central London, so very jealous. <laughs> You've timed it very well, though, just in time for the pubs to reopen in the UK. Uh, Indeed, that's what I told the immigration officers when I was coming through. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But um, I'm really excited about our guest today, environmentalist turned banker, Bevis Watts. Yes, so Bevis is the Chief Executive Officer of Triodos Bank UK. Triodos is a Dutch bank with branches in various other European countries, including, of course, the UK. It was founded in 1980 and is led by its mission, which is, and I quote here, to help create a society that protects and promotes quality of life and human dignity for all, which is broadly split across three areas, environment, culture, and social. Triodos achieves this by allowing it to shape every decision they make as a business, as Bevis will explain when we get him on, with transparency being central. Key to their business plan is ensuring that promoting people and planet is just as important as financial returns. As well as asking Bevis today to sort of share his thoughts on what the banking system needs more generally to shift to being one that works for all, we're going to be diving into some of the innovative products that Triodos offers its customers, like community crowdfunded investments that gets retail money moving towards solutions we need for our environmental and social issues. And in this crucial year of COP26, with the momentum really behind us, finding ways to pivot people's savings and investments into sustainable outcomes is a big focus of some of the work the Green Finance Institute is doing. So I'm really keen to speak to Bevis about the work Triodos has already been doing in this space for many years. Brilliant. So let's get him on. Welcome, Bevis. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, how, How are you first? Uh, I'm good, thanks, Helen. Yeah, and uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here and great to talk to everyone. So, Bevis, you've you've had a really interesting career. You have an amazing career background, leading organisations that have had a, and still have a positive impact on the environment and society. Like uh, you were chief executive of Avon Wildlife Trust and head of business support at the Waste and Resource Action Programme. So our first question to you, before we sort of get going into um, Triodos and and all the work you're doing, is how and why did you end up coming to work at and run a bank? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. We might use the whole podcast, and I'm not sure. But uh, I've worked in sustainability for 25 years or so. And the the early part of my career and my own PhD was spent 
really looking at market failures in the recycling industry and how could you drive investment into the recycling industry and growth. So I created the um, financial mechanisms program in my years at at RAP. And during those years, I was sort of trying to incentivize the private sector to invest in recycling. And so I would work with a lot of banks, including Triodos, who I first met in, in 2003, uh, but in those days, I came across um, someone from one of the big banks in the UK who was very reluctant to consider really the recycling sector and investment opportunities because they saw vested interest in their customers in the traditional waste management industry who viewed it as competition. And they they said to me at one point, and at the end of the day, um, the return on investment on a landfill site is better the faster you fill it. And so for me, that was a kind of mind expanding moment. Here was I working at a really grassroots level, trying to affect positive change. And uh, there were all these systemic issues in invested interests behind money, how it was used, people trying to maximize profit. So I kind of thought I, I need to one day start affecting that. Uh, and I first worked for Triodos then in um, 2008 uh, and really was part of a team then that grew the bank. Um, uh, very quickly, and uh, and we're continuing to do that today, really. So, um, so I guess I, I I came into banking as a as an environmentalist, wanting to try and affect positive change. Thanks for that, Bevis, and I'm glad that we can welcome you to the podcast today to explain how you actually have been affecting positive change in banking ever since you joined. So, Triodos then is all about sustainable banking, and you've talked there about mobilizing investment and money into sustainable means, but. How exactly would you define what sustainable banking is? So uh, we define sustainable banking very simply, really, as using money with conscious thought to improve the quality of life for people today without compromising the quality of life or the natural environment for future generations. Uh, and so that's simply it in a nutshell. It's that conscious responsibility for the use of money. And we try to affect positive social, environmental, cultural change through what we finance. That's a great definition. I love that. You talked earlier about this bigger bank then that you spoke to before you moved into banking and how they were reluctant to move across. What do traditional banks do by comparison then if they're not in the sustainable banking world? And what is it that Triodos does differently? So um, many banks will set minimum standards and uh, we do that really just to give our customers assurance that we won't invest in arms or deforestation. But those minimum standards really in, in the majority of banks don't go very far. And we go way beyond that. It's not about what we exclude. It's about what we positively seek to include around positive social, environmental uh, and cultural impact. And we allow our customers to be the judge of whether we get that right, because we publish details of every loan and investment that we make worldwide. And actually, if you have your current account with Triodos in the mobile app, you can actually see live using GPS technology within the app, any loans um, uh, near where you, wherever you are at that time. But our, our banking model is also different. So we, we're owned by a foundation in the Netherlands to safeguard that the mission of the bank to use money in that way is overseen as much as the Prudential Health. We don't borrow money from other banks, so we're independent. And that uh, in, in also ensured we were resilient through the financial crisis, um, not affected by the contagion. Uh, as many were, and and other things like we don't pay performance-related bonuses because we think that incentivizes the wrong kind of behaviours and the wrong decision making, uh, and and then finally, I, I think we're different in terms of 
how we run our business and everybody can say they they you know they're, they're responsible in some way but i mean really in every single sinew of the bank and the decisions we make we try and account for the highest levels of social and environmental responsibility and you know in, in our buildings which are award-winning and world-leading and, uh, and and so on so um our head office we've just opened in the netherlands um our new one is the world's first circular economy building designed completely to be deconstructed at the end of its life and reused so um that's kind of how we approach things. Wow. That's great. I, I must say, I really admire everything in Triodos' business plan, the way that you run, not just in terms of, as you said, current account and investment, but all the way to your own day-to-day emissions as well. Um, how powerful do you think it could be? You know, what sort of positive impact do you think could see in the world if other big banks followed your model? Personally, I've always believed that money is a hugely powerful form of um, democracy. So, you know, everywhere we spend, save and invest money has an impact. There's no such thing as neutral money. So what Triodos tries to be is a reference point to show that sustainable banking can work, that it can be done differently. It's very important that we're robust from a regulatory perspective and, and, you know, a profitable and sustainable uh, financially as well. But I've been an advocate for many years that one of the things, the biggest things we need to change is retail banking, because it's it's the retail banking sector that, that owns and designs the products that will affect behavioural change in consumers. So if we want widespread, diffuse impact uh, towards um, you know net zero or biodiversity loss or, or, or a whole plethora of environmental and social issues, then it's the banks that have the power to affect that consumer behaviour. Uh, and so... The, the change and shift we could create, I mean, Triodos has 19 billion of assets and 700 and odd thousand customers uh, across Europe. You know, compare that to just one of the big four, NatWest, say, which isn't even the biggest, which has over three quarters of a trillion under management. So you, you can just start to sort of in, envisage the effects that uh, we could have if we can shift banking to use money as a positive force for good. Yeah, actually, I wonder if we can talk about the importance of the product side. So there are some really innovative products that Triodos has developed to help consumers um, ensure their money is working responsibly and also aligns with their own environmental and social values. Green ISAs, green savings accounts, for example. And then you also offer crowdfunding investments into community projects and businesses, which I personally just love some really quick examples so investing in a business that has developed sonar pingers that help fishermen keep dolphins out of their nets an organic brewery in stroud a ymca project in nottinghamshire wind turbines in scotland hydro schemes in cheshire and can you tell us a bit more about that and also just wondered whether um, the pandemic has inspired more interest in community investing yeah, so uh, we um, have a, a, an investment crowdfunding platform, triadoscrowdfunding.co.uk. We're the only um, bank in the UK to have our own proprietary crowdfunding platform. And um, we did so because we, we try to create a real visceral connection of people's decisions on how they use their money and give them more opportunity to invest directly. Uh, and it's raised... Um, uh, over 170 million for a variety of organisations now. And um, in terms of the growth we're seeing, obviously the pandemic has changed a lot of people's growth plans and, and some of those are now coming back. But I think it has really woken people up to um, think about uh, the kind of world we live in, what we want it to look like um, uh, from a social perspective uh, as much as an environmental one. So uh, we are seeing a, a growth in interest from the investor side 
I think uh, on the community side, there is a big opportunity post-pandemic. I think whilst it's very sad we've seen a lot of businesses um, fail, we are seeing growing interest in things transferring into community ownership. We're also seeing a lot of founder environmental businesses sort of go past that founder phase and and think about employee ownership and and other structures. So um, I think it's quite exciting. We're seeing a shift to how do you value more than profit and how do you ingrain that in uh, ownership structures uh, and, and so on. So you touched there on the sense of values that sort of deepened in society over the pandemic and and a recognition of the interconnectedness between environment and societal issues. Do you think that ESG within the finance sector will have deeper resonance now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm very hopeful that there's a shift in our psyche and understanding about the connectivity of environmental um, social issues and actually also cultural and community uh, issues as well. So um, I think the pandemic has really shown us, um, you know, the, the vulnerability we have if we don't care for the natural environment and how it can actually really uh, impact on us uh, and our own well-being. And I think as, as we're seeing all of those things crystallise, there's definitely an awakening. But we, we have such a long way to go. You know, whenever I hear the phrase ESG, to be honest, I cringe a bit because ESG is the bare minimum that any financial institution should have already been doing for years to just look at the environmental social governance issues behind their uh, investments and and ensure they're fit and proper. You know, what what we need to be moving beyond that. And for everything that's happening at the minute in in banking, in the wider financial sector, we're we're getting uh, past a debate about needing to manage institutions for climate risk and recognise they're exposed to risks, to starting to get to legislate that they have to take ownership of net zero, because that is now a statutory UK uh, target uh, and so on. So that's all well and good. But I think in years to come, the people that are now thinking they're standing on top of the hill because they're talking about net zero and so on, will look behind them and realise that Triodos and others are starting to move up the mountain uh, and they were just stood on top of the foothill. And the mountain is we need to realign our financial system to the sustainable development goals more broadly. Uh, And we've reported uh, in our integrated reporting against the SDGs uh, since 2016. And that's what we really need to get uh, the wider sector doing. It's why we were involved in founding the UN Principles for Responsible Banking, because that's fundamentally trying to link banks back to the sustainable development goals and be transparent uh, on their impacts against them. So it was great to hear you mention earlier how important you think retail banking is. And I wonder if we could just take a step back towards that and the options currently available to consumers. There was a great survey the UK government put out a couple of years ago, which showed that 68% of savers in the UK would tick a box to indicate they'd like their investments to go to sustainable outcomes. But currently, only 13% of them said they hold such an investment. Why do you think it is that there aren't more options available? Do you think it's a lack of knowledge that they exist from the consumers? Or do you think there's still this fear around greenwashing? Yeah, I I think there's a whole um, range of reasons, because whilst we're becoming very familiar with choosing our electricity provider to make sure we get renewable energy or making lots of conscious consumer choices, a lot of people haven't made the connection as to what their money does. Then even if you do make that connection, um, we, we live in a world now where I think for the next two to three years that we will see greenwashing and things sort of positioned as green that aren't really my definition of positive environmental impact. Um, so, you know, we, we, we need to see product standards that will um, guide consumers better, but there, there are all sorts of things that you know that need to come into to place for that to happen. Um, I think also we, we have a very sort of dumbed down 
media challenge to banks really around what they're doing with the money. It's very superficial when we look into uh, green products or uh, so said sustainable uh, funds and so on. And I'd recommend people interested look at things like Ethical Consumer Magazine or Good With Money as organisations that are trying to really dig in at a deeper level to uh, what those products and and organisations are doing. Um, I I mean, I've been sort of... um, trying to uh, engage a witch and a money saving expert and so on to say well actually if, if you think forward what people are going to want is not just to know the interest rate or the fee on products they're going to want to know what is its sustainability rating and I think there is a huge opportunity for someone to be a first mover in that space and and really in the mainstream own and rate those products so I think it, it's a complex piece it's partly awareness it's partly needing standards for confidence uh, but also we really need to mainstream it in the uh, in the way we evaluate um, and talk about financial products absolutely and hopefully these conversations getting out there will switch people onto it and make them realize this has to happen has to happen soon one of the things i wanted to mention um, is that triodos is a member of the gabv the global alliance for banking on values um it's for those who don't know it's a network of really progressive or i hate to use that word it's sort of like where we should be um banks and community banks credit unions that are mission-led, looking to ensure that deposits and therefore loans are used for social and environmental purposes. Um, And I've been following them for a long time, and I'm always disappointed we never see any larger financial institutions making it onto that list, which is is getting bigger uh, and is certainly global um, in terms of the number of members. You know, is it not possible to be a large financial institution and be mission-driven. What's your sense? Obviously, Triodos is large, but compared, as you mentioned earlier, to the likes of, I don't, I don't want to pick on NatWest, but you know, the, the large high street retail banks and institutions, Like, what, what's your sense? Yeah, so I, I mean, the, the, the GABV that you, you mentioned, obviously that, that is, as you say, the more progressive banks. And there are criteria to be a member of the GABV uh, around how committed you are to positive impact and that um, that mission. And, and some of the criteria are that you also have to demonstrate a viable and profitable business model. So there are other institutions that are starting in that space and growing, but are yet to get to meet that criteria. So hopefully they will and, and we're able to join the GABV um, uh, moreover. Um, I mentioned the UN principles for responsible banking earlier. That is something that all banks can engage with, current mainstream banks, incumbents, large banks, and uh, and so on. And that that is getting um, more and more traction. There's now, um, I think, over uh, 200 signatories to the UN principles with something like um, 53 trillion US dollars under management. So that's, you know, getting on for nearly 50% of the global banking uh, sector is signed up to the UN principles for responsible banking. And if that will be a great place for those organisations to start if they can follow that through, because that includes a requirement for them to publish uh, details of how they're using customers' money and create feedback loops with customers so they actually can uh, understand more about how their uh, money is used. Because, um, you know, to, to Ryan's uh, earlier point, we we consistently um, see in, in research that we sponsor for Good Money Week every year that roughly 70% of people would, would like to know what their money uh, is doing, uh, but, but are, are even more than that, have no idea of uh, what their, their bank is actually doing with their money and can't find out. And so those are, those are some of the basic things we need to shift as a start. So I think directly related to this, and more at the institutional level, 
there's often this frustrating myth that it's simply not good business to be green. And I don't want to embarrass you by reading out all the stats from your results last week, but they certainly prove this myth isn't true. You know, despite the tricky global environment, you guys in the UK specifically grew your customer base by 20%. So how do we make this and take this tangible proof that we've seen from your business to shift the rhetoric? to show that green is not bad for business. Thanks for referencing our results. I'm always cautious not to be complacent uh, because you never quite know what the world has in store for you. But I mean, we, we grew very quickly in the UK last year. And what we've done over 40 years now is prove a financially stable and robust model in, in what we do. And, and that's what I, I was mentioning. It's very important we do that to dispel that myth. But other people have looked at that um, in, in different ways. So there was a report nearly 10 years ago now, um, commissioned by the Global Alliance for Banking and Values that compared the, the Global Alliance um, membership with the world's top 28 systemic banks. And what it showed is over a sort of eight-year period or so that the, the members of the, the GABV outperformed those banks financially and um, were much more consistent in their returns. But more interestingly than that is um, late 2019, Deloitte, uh, the European Investment Bank and the GABB published a report that compared the top 100 um, global banks on financial performance and ESG performance. And uh, what that concluded is that those with the highest levels of environmental and social uh, responsibility outperformed financially. So, um, you know, I think that myth is well and truly um, disproved. So listening to you there reminds me of um, we, we had Catherine Howarth of Share Action on a couple of weeks back talking about using shareholder influence for good. And it sounds like you're saying something a bit similar here in that actually shareholders of banks could be the one be the ones pushing banks to make positive changes. Uh, shareholder influence is incredibly important. I think one of the things we have to uh, revisit really is um, short-term shareholder profit and that being something that is is driving uh, banks and there's a much wider debate around how do you align sort of values and uh, outcomes for both people and the planet with profit uh, and so there are many structures and uh, initiatives looking at that already how do you incentivize longer term in shareholdings and, and, and so on but in in the short term whilst we're stuck in that paradigm and that's what we have to live with absolutely shareholders are key and i'm a huge admirer of share actions work and they've just you know really scored a major coup with um hsbc uh, in uh, in pushing for them to make commitments to reduce their um fossil fuel uh, uh, uh um, financing and so on so um it, it absolutely is and what we have to remember is we're all probably shareholders of banks through our pension funds those of us that have them so the work that Make My Money Matter are doing to um, challenge um, pension funds to uh, commit to net zero targets and therefore take an interest in what all of their uh, corporate investees uh, are involved with and so on is, is also very important in that, that shifting of the wider paradigm. So you've said Make My Money Matter and I have to follow up with this. You told us a great story before we hit record about, um, about Richard Curtis and how the first time you met him. Do you want to just quickly recount that for the listeners? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure I should say this. I think, I mean, Richard, I, I think, is an amazing guy and everything he's done. But I, 
I, I, um, I met him to talk uh, about Make My Money Matter before they launched. And then uh, the next time I met him was at the launch of the COP26 finance programme. And we passed each other on the stairs and he, he met me and he gave me a hug. And so he's the first um, Triodos customer to have ever done that. But uh, obviously, since then, we've all been in a pandemic and a lockdown. So maybe there's more people waiting to hug me and, uh, and so <laughs> on. But, um, but thank you for the hug, Richard. And uh, it's great to have you as a, a customer. <laughs> Such a brilliant story. Um, glad, glad we got to got to share that with people listening and before we move on to perhaps talking about you know your recommendations for how people can make their money matter around their retail banking I just wondered so you mentioned a few things today that banks could do right now one being join the principles for responsible banking if you haven't already are there any other key recommendations you have to move us forward towards a system where financial institutions are working for society and environment yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot. You know, if, if I was a prime minister or chancellor for the day or something, you know, what, what would I do? And I mean, ultimately, there's a lot we have to change. As I say, I think my vision for reinventing a financial system that's really using money in its customers' long-term interests, I suppose, is is quite radical. And I think we're talking about a fundamental reset in aligning it to the sustainable development goals. But if we look at the stuff that has to happen short term, just on the climate change agenda, we need to shift regulation, not just from managing banks for risk and managing the, the risks on their balance sheet, but for taking responsibility for the causes of climate change. And for that matter, biodiversity loss, soil pollution, uh, sorry, ocean pollution and soil degradation, because I can make the same business case that you can make for climate risks for all of those things and how they will potentially impact on the balance sheets of banks and other uh, financial institutions. So shifting the role of regulators is starting to happen. The UK government is starting to do that. They've mandated all of the major institutions now to consider climate uh, in their decision making and so on. But that needs to go much further. And I would like to see them mandated to consider the sustainable development goals and how they are regulating banks and, um, and controlling how banks use money. But, you know, for that to happen just in climate risk, we need a common taxonomy. Uh, so everybody understands what we're all talking about and the taxonomy of what is green, what's transitional and so on. The EU are making good progress on that. I think we need to see that in the UK. I'm a bit disappointed we're not following the EU because I think that would be best done globally. We, we also need global um, methodologies because if banks are really going to make progress on reducing their carbon emissions, there will be lots of pledges and commitments made, but we're only going to know if people are uh, really making progress against those if we've all got a fair and consistent benchmark and that we're all reporting against those in the same way. So we founded something called the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials in 2016. Uh, that is, um, you know, slowly seemingly becoming the um, global best practice um, uh, standard with, you know, I think there's 90 institutions with around 20 trillion under management now that are working with PCAF, including three of the big four banks in the UK. Uh, but, but those are the sorts of things we need to um, happen. And so my hopes are, you know, particularly around um, you know, COP this year, that there's a lot more energy put into trying to come up with global agreements around definitions, methodologies, reporting, um, because otherwise we're, we're going to be in a world for a very long time where there's a lot of greenwash, where there's a lot of lack of transparency as to what's really happening. So I know you briefly touched on COP at the end there, but if you were leading the COP26 summit, what exactly, what specifics would you want to come out on the back of it? You mentioned standards, but are there other wider things you'd want to see being agreed at COP? 
Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think like many people, I, I want to see much greater ambition around net zero. I, I want to see much greater ambition in the short term. What we do in this next 10 years up to 2030 is absolutely critical. Um, and then I'd like to see commitment for funding because all the things I've described about shifting the financial sector, we either need to be committing that we're going to put a, you know, a, a sort of compulsory contribution uh, on financial institutions to fund all of this stuff, or we're going to have to um, fund it, uh, you know, publicly and get our major institutions committing to do that. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a whole raft of things I'd like to see that are that are very ambitious, um, really. But uh, I also hope it's a moment where we celebrate some of the successes because. There is a danger that we think that sustainable finance is something that's just been invented in the last few years when we started to make uh, net zero commitments and so on. And uh, and I think not just Triodos Bank, I think there are a lot of great models and positive things out there that we should amplify and inspire people to, to make a conscious choice. On, on that message, I'm so in awe of the fact that PCAF was started by, you know, a handful of what were pretty much on the global platform, um, on the global scale, unknown Dutch banks, and are now has been adopted um, by you know sort of the mega giants, and, and so it just sort of shows to me the power of um, having diversification in our financial industry and uh, having sort of sort of the voice of the smaller players, as you say, who maybe have been chipping away at sustainable finance for years and years and years and have them then recognize because the influence that you have is just, it's been incredible. It's not just PCAF, but now there's PBAF for biodiversity. So yeah, I hope we do all get to hug each other. I hope Richard's in the room and we could get to a uh, cop, have a celebration of, of a lot of the work that so many of you have, have, have been doing over this time. Thank you. I, I'm also a great advocate. You prompted a thought of incentivizing more of that because we, we talk a lot in banking regulation about level playing fields. But I, I think you, you could, if you really view certain activities as very high risk, you can use the existing mechanisms and the capital weightings that banks are required to ha- hold against um, specific types of asset. You can use all of that to drive behavioral change in banks, but that would also help some of the pioneers of sustainable finance to perhaps grow faster um so um yeah so it's going to be an interesting few years yeah and hopefully some positive ones and um, but before we let you go bevis it's been incredible having you on i'm so, so sure that so many people listening are really inspired and thinking about their own bank and whether their own bank lives up to the high standards that triodos sets for itself so can you offer us some advice to those listening on, firstly, you know, how do you, what should they be doing when they pick a bank, uh, their retail bank? And then, you know, what can they specifically do uh, when it comes to making their money matter regarding their retail banking accounts? So, I mean, my ask of everyone really is just to make that conscious choice, to really own your decisions about who you choose to save and invest with and and, and make sure that is aligned to your values. And so whatever you decision um, you, you make is fine, just make it a conscious one. But as I said earlier, I, I'd advise people to look at Ethical Consumer Magazine and Good With Money to find out you know, really where some of the better options are uh, to use your money to effect positive change in the world. And you know, if, if you're not happy um, with your current bank, uh, then you know, um, maybe you don't want to move, but challenge them, write to them, ask them to, you know, what they're doing um, with your money and ask them to change. And if you're not happy, then you can visit um, uh, switchit.com 
dot uh, money, uh, and that will um, give you recommendations on um, where you can switch to. If you're considering your pension fund, then go and have a look at Make My Money Matters website, as I say, because that's got um, a range of pension funds that have made positive commitments uh, uh, to net zero and so on. And then even then, you know, um, just be aware that there are a lot of um, greenwash propositions out there. So, you know, you have to look um, really behind the sort of uh, environmental or ethical policies that people say sit behind a green saver or whatever they call the product. And if if there's no published criteria as to how they're going to use that money, then, then maybe that isn't the most robust green product. Or if their environmental policy is just that they're going to plant a tree for every new customer or whatever, that, that's all a bit gimmicky. So, so you need to be conscious of, of those sorts of things and just, uh, as I say, try and take an informed approach and look at the, uh, the websites I've mentioned and so on. So lots of great advice there. And just to reiterate it, make a conscious choice and own your decisions. And I think on that, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Um, Bevis, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. And as Helen said, I think there's a lot of inspiring things that have been said today and lots of hard, tangible ways for institutions to follow what Triodos is doing, but also for individuals to force their banks to align to the kind of things that Triodos is up to. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this insight with us. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Well, it's a pleasure to do it. And I think we all have to remember that the financial system we have is man-made and we can change it. Wow, I just feel like there are so many great practical ideas that Bevis has just given us that I'm, I feel like I want to listen like a few more times really to digest them all. Um, so while I'm sort of gathering my thoughts, Ryan, what, what's your thinking? Well, my first thought is we will not be wanting for clips to put on Twitter and on the on the adverts <laughs> when we put this out. There's a lot of very quotable, great things said there. But look, I mean, I just think Triodos are a great example of how to relaunch a bank, put a business. Really great to have ever speak about the ways they achieve this. You know, transparency is important. Accountability is important. Mission-led and independent. Not paying performance-related bonuses. But basically, there's a lot of examples there that other banks and indeed companies can look to replicate. You know, as Bev has said, banks have the power to affect that consumer behavior, and hopefully they will. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that you talked about how helpful rankings would be of UK banks and their products. Um, as you know, we recently hosted a thinkin for the financial sector on the Dasgupta review. And one of the re- recommendations made by that group was actually um, to have a ranking in the UK similar to those done in other countries like the Netherlands and Sweden by, you know, like Fair Finance, for example. So something really tangible and practical, I think, that could come um, this important year if we sort of put some weight behind that. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting idea, actually. And, you know, it could be really powerful if that does actually help instigate a larger shift. Mm. You know, Bevis talked about the size of Triodos versus the bigger banks and the impact could be huge if some sort of ranking or whatever helped push them over to follow the example Triodos is setting. And you know, I must say, you know, we are seeing more big banks move and make sustainability pledges, which is absolutely fantastic. And also, we're getting some useful policy noises coming out of governments at the minute, which could see more change. So basically, what I'm trying to say is sustainable banking is going to be the future. (laughs) Um, And uh, talking of policies, um, (laughs) we'll be honing in on what local policies can do in our very next episode. That's right. So next episode, we'll be talking to Polly Billington, director of UK 100, which is a network of locally elected leaders across the UK who are committed to fighting climate change. Ahead of the May 6th local elections here in the UK, 
but we're speaking to Polly about some green policies that local leaders and candidates can introduce to make a positive change in that local area. Really looking forward to it and um, hope you all can join us. And thank you for listening today to Green is the New Finance. Green is the New Finance is brought to you by the Green Finance Institute with audio production by Fairly Media.